Hello and welcome to the all new, all different, number one comics podcast, episode number 53. I'm Dan, that's Bob. Say hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. We are a weekly comic book podcast where each and every episode we take a deep dive into a brand new first issue comic book, break down the story and art, give it somewhat of a review and tell you if we think that you should move on to issue number two or not. We also talk a little bit of comic book and related news as well as what's new at comic book shops this and next week. Bob, this week we're going to be taking a very, very uh, deep or surface level dive into... The new number one from Titan Comics, Rebel Moon, House of the Blood Axe. That's right, Bob. It's the House of the Blood Axe. Uh, it's Rebel Moon. It's uh, Scott Snyder's uh, vision of, uh, I don't know, Dune, Star Wars, uh, every big sci-fi epic that took place before yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and we're here to talk about it, uh, believe it or not. So <laughs> we're going to take a very quick break and we'll be back <laughs> And we are back with episode number 53 of the All New All Different Number One Comics Podcast. Bob, it's, as you know, uh, the beginning of the year still. We're on week number two of January 2024. Comic book news is pretty damn light, as it has been lately. Yeah, beginning beginning <laughs> of the year, I mean, it's going to be light. Yeah, at the end of the year it was light. The beginning of the year it's light. Hopefully we get something happening in the middle of the year. I don't know, I guess. We'll, well right, right in the middle is when you get... You know, movies coming out sure. and, um, you know, uh, comic events and such. Sure. Uh, and speaking of movies coming out, and I know this is a, a TV show or a streaming show. Do, do you call things a TV show anymore? Is that how you uh, refer to them? Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's how it's, I refer to It's still to on the TV, them. right? Yeah. It's just not, not like regular network television. I mean, maybe, I, I guess... Who watches... The, who has cable anymore? No one, but I mean... I guess that's the evolution of it, right? Uh, yeah. Streaming has replaced network TV, yep. so yep. maybe you could just call streaming network TV at this point because they are on networks. So. Eventually, Disney's gonna own all of them. I hope so. I hope they, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Rebel Moon and it being on Netflix and all of that, I hope at some point Disney uh, takes over Netflix, so it's not such a garbage service anymore. But uh, we all know how I feel about Netflix, so I, I can't hide my opinion on that. <laughs> um. Yeah, as far as news, Bob, there's not a whole lot out there. Uh, we got a new trailer for The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live. I just peeked at that before we uh, started recording here, but not being a huge Walking Dead fan or somebody who really watched the original Walking Dead, there's not much there. Did for me we really from. need another spinoff? I, not in my opinion. I mean, it must be selling well enough for, for some people to be into... I didn't know zombie. I didn't. I, I didn't think zombies were near as popular as they used to be. Well, they have a lot of longevity because you know, unless you kill them, Bob, they just stay alive forever. So. I guess. Yeah. Uh, the the ones that you know have been killed you are still just take, walking around. You got to take that headshot. <laughs> yes, exactly. You got it, House of the Dead style. Uh, get in there and, and get them. But uh, maybe that's what Robert Kirkman did wrong. He didn't aim for the head. Absolutely. He's got to take. He's got to take the. Uh, <laughs> Thor Thanos initiative. Yep. Aim for the head. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. This is a, another Walking Dead. That, that's all I can say about it. You know, it just seems like more of the Walking Dead. I'm, I'm not too sure. The zombies looked a little bit different. I'll give it that. I don't know if they're like evolved or I'm not sure when this takes place. It says the ones who live. So I'm assuming it takes place after 
uh, The Walking Dead proper and the ones who lived after that. I don't know if that's what it's referring to. I never, like, watched the end of The Walking Dead, so I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could definitely say, but I, I don't know. Uh, possibly interesting to uh, some people out there who are really into The Walking Dead. Um, we also got confirmation that Ahsoka Season 2 is officially yes. moving forward. Uh, great news for Bob. Um mm news for me but uh yeah uh ahsoka's moving forward with season two i've heard great things again i haven't seen any ahsoka so but also before you uh go further in other star wars news Mm -hmm. um john favreau's actually gonna direct a mandalorian led star wars movie oh wow Um, a whole movie okay yes great so it's so it sounds like how um you know, for the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, how Dave Filoni will, will be the George Lucas mm-hmm. and, you know, he'll have a separate director. Okay, and this is... Okay, I, I think I, I saw this news. This I didn't realize it was a, a full-fledged movie, but mm-hmm. this is like the Mandalorian and the Baby Yoda character, right? Yeah, they're, they're saying Mandalorian and Grogu, but there's, Grogu. Okay, there's, been, um, there's been talk mm-hmm. about a... Dave Filoni movie, which is going to tie all the, you know, TV series together, have all the characters. So I'm wondering if this is, you know, if this is that movie, mm-hmm. which I mean, John Favreau, of course, you know, director of arguably one of the best Marvel movies mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah. In the one that started it all. Yeah. John Favreau, uh, Really good director. Uh, I, I think I think we can all agree that uh, John Favreau is top notch. There, uh, really really good creator. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Bob, that's interesting. Um, again, it's I guess unofficially titled uh, the the Mandalorian and Grogu. So mm-hmm. they're Gro- Grogu. Is that how you pronounce Grogu. it? Okay. Well, interesting. Um, in other or news, just just say Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody exactly. does. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, in other news, uh, again, not not much here. Um, Amazon has officially ordered Criminal to be a series with Legendary producing. Uh, Criminal, if you don't remember, is the uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips uh, comic from 2006 from Icon. It's a series that interweaves several generations of families tied together by the crimes and murders of the past. And yeah, it's been optioned now with a showrunner and writers attached to adapt it and yeah uh i've got a few copies of this first book i've never actually read it so i don't know much about it uh obviously sounds like a crime thing but ed brubaker a wonderful writer so i don't know get up on that if you can i guess uh that's really all i have for the news bob i do want to ask you and i think i know what the answer is because you just told me about how little sleep you've gotten the last couple of days but did you have any chance to check out Echo, or the first episode of Echo, or, or any of that dropped? I didn't even know it dropped, to oh, be yeah, honest. Oh yeah, Echo dropped. And, and let me tell you this. Wow. I I had to stop because I had to read my comic and all of that, uh, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. But I made it up to the fourth episode. I think there's only five uh, released. Maybe six, I can't remember. But um, Six, I believe. Okay. Damn, this is good. Uh, if this is a... Like, this, this will definitely put the uh, MCU back on the map, in my opinion... This is so good. Like, I could not turn it off. I, I started it this morning, and like I said, I, I woke up, uh, put it on first thing, watched 
three episodes. Then I had to get ready and go to the comic book shop, pick up my books, uh, came home, watched some more to the point where I had to stop and start uh, reading comics. So it was really, really good what I've seen so far. Really amazing. Kingpin stuff is insane is all I will say. and Keep it spoiler free, but it's really, really good. And then some of the nooks and crannies that we get into in like Echo's world and, and especially what's going on with Kingpin, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like just really, really good stuff. Now, the early reviews and stuff of this have been really good. Uh, the critic review, of course, on Rotten Tomatoes, because we all know everybody wants the MCU to fail at this point. Yes. Um, are, are like 73, I think. So it's the second... Uh, lowest rated MCU project because because Rotten Tomatoes is the end all be all of mm-hmm. and and reviews. I mean and you remember a few months ago when the news came out that it was rigged anyways so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why we're even putting any stock into Rotten Tomatoes yeah, at this point but know. yeah uh, they clearly clearly want the MCU to fail because Bob I'm telling you once you sit down and watch the first episode of this you'll be hooked it is so ridiculously good. I'm really, really stoked on it, and I, I can't wait for you to see it so we can talk about it a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. It's out. It's really, really good. If you're on the fence about watching it for any reason, uh, for secret uh, invasion reasons or anything like that, check it out. It is really insanely good. Yeah, really, really good. How many people do you actually think got turned off of Marvel TV because of secret invasion? I, I think probably a good amount. Um I think a lot of people, it was like the final nail in the coffin for them being excited about any MCU stuff. Just because, you know, nothing big enough or exciting enough happened for them, all of that. Uh, You have, you know, somebody like me who's, you know, really into all that stuff. And I never made it, I didn't, you know, watch past the first episode. Mm. Not because it was bad, it just wasn't interesting enough. It wasn't gaining my interest or whatever. Um, Yeah, yeah. I can say the complete opposite about Echo. I mean, it, it hooks you in the second it starts. Yeah, I'll have to give it a watch. Well, yeah. I mean, it's really good. You know, I mean, anything with Kingpin's gonna be good because oh, yeah. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, he's he's done such a great job, and I have to say, I was skeptical, mm-hmm. as I'm sure a lot of people were. Oh yeah, when I found out he was Kingpin. One of the one of the big things is I just didn't think he was big enough. Yeah, exactly. you know, and I mean it. You know, if you're going for sheer size, mm-hmm. you can't get much better than Michael Clark Duncan. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a good kingpin. I'll give it that. Yeah. So I mean, movie as a whole, yeah, mm, <laughs> me. I mean, hey, I enjoyed it, but you know, it, it's what we had at the time. Is, yeah, is all I can say. Um, yeah, just how it opens up what you know about Kingpin and how it continues his story and everything phenomenal phenomenal where where it goes with kingpin really really good uh it really develops his story and his character a lot a lot um for for somebody that's you know in the comics at least i mean i obviously you know he's been expanded a lot in the comics he's mayor fisk you know all Mm -hmm. of that for a while and everything um uh, but as far as you know what we've seen on the screen with kingpin and the you know, uh, Netflix shows and, and all of that. Uh, this just really expands it to a level where I, I, I was really, really happy with, with where it's going. And I still have an episode, maybe an episode and a half left. Uh, so I, I'm really excited about that. I, I can't wait to see it. I wonder if it'll end with 
where he got shot in the head. I can't answer anything, Bob, but uh, <laughs> just, just know that you'll be nice and surprised whenever all of it comes out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're, we return. We'll talk about some books that dropped in comic book shops this week. And we are back with episode number 53 of the all new, all different number one comics podcast. Bob, it's time to talk about some new books that dropped in comic book shops this week, the week of January 9th, 2024. Of course, uh, if you if any of these sound exciting or fun to you, you can still hit up your local comic book shops. We're recording this on Wednesday, day of release. Uh, we'll try to get it up, you know, between uh, today and tomorrow, which is Thursday. So you still got time to run out there to your local comic book shops if any of these sound of interest to you. Hit them up, uh, give them a call, whatever. Let them know that you want these uh, added to your pool box. Uh, from Dynamite Comics, we've got a new number one. Uh, Continuing in the Disney villains, uh, fran- uh, whatever you call that. Um, what what do you call that uh, line? I don't know. Uh, I can't Disney think of villain verse. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the Disney villain verse. Like right. that. Yes, everything's a verse. It is. Um, we're getting Corella Deville number one. Bob, I'm actually really excited about this one. Uh, I definitely picked it up. Uh, number one, it's written by Sweeney Boo, who we know is freaking awesome. And also, uh, she does the cover art. She's not the artist in the book. That is someone else who I cannot pronounce her name. But um, this is... Uh, Corella DeVille is a really interesting character to me because a lot of times in Disney stuff, you have like uh, a Wicked Witch or somebody with powers or whatever. Corella DeVille is just like a mean lady who wants to slaughter dogs. Yeah, like a goat. <laughs> like I, I don't know what else her purpose is really. Um, she's just like an evil lady, you know, just for the sake of being evil, I guess. Uh, and I, I think that that's interesting. I think you can do a lot with that, especially out of context of the, just you know what's in the movie. Um, I, I think the voice of Sweeney Boo will will be really really good with this. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens here. All of these Disney villain books have been much better than I anticipated they would be. And I'm definitely stoked to check this one out. So that is uh, definitely a thumbs up for me. Um, over to Marvel Comics, we got Giant Size Spider-Man number one. This is an original an original story featuring Venom, um, Dylan Brock versus Miles Morales, as well as a reprint of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man issue 22. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's got... I, I think that, you know, obviously... Putting that original story in there, uh, Venom versus Miles, you know, that's that's what you're going to come for. It's nice to have that reprint of Ultimate Comics, uh, Spider-Man 22, but um, I'm really interested in that original story. Uh, we also got a new chapter in the, I don't, whatever we're calling this, the end of the Krakoan era, I guess. Uh, this is Rise of the Powers of Ten or X, a five-issue limited series that will tell part of the concluding story of the Krakoan Age that began in 2019 with Powers of X and House of Ten or X or whatever. Uh, we also got from Marvel Star Wars issue 42. This one's got cover appearance of a Sith introduced in issue 35. Bob, our local shop, all of theirs were yeah. damaged. So yeah. we weren't able to pick this one up. That was, that was very disappointing. Yeah, um, no, no Star Wars for us, but uh, yeah, you know, happens, I guess. Uh, and speaking of Ultimate Spider-Man, Bob, Ultimate Spider-Man came out today. Uh, we got a new. This is kicking off Ultimate Universe. You know, the new Ultimate Universe that's that's starting now. 
Um, this is the premiere issue, and I'm really excited about this. There was a lot of cool covers for this, and we know that... I, I, have you seen any spoilers for this yet? Like, I have not. Okay, so I won't say... I, I won't talk any spoilers here, but just know that some things happen, like right off the bat, that you're going to... I can't say there'll be like a holy shit moment, but it'll definitely be like, oh, wow, that's an interesting you know, uh, way to go, uh, is all I can say about that. We also got Wolverine number 41, the most violent Wolverine story ever told. And Bob, let me tell you from somebody who read this book, mm-hmm. they told me, yes, this is the bloodiest, goriest, most insane Marvel comic you've ever seen. Uh, the most insane Wolverine story you've ever seen. And it apparently is just really, really good. So very stoked to read that. Can't wait. Over to DC Comics, we got Green Lantern issue number seven with the origin of Sinson. Sinson. And the lead into the Sinister Sons series. Uh, yeah. And we also got Titans Beast World issue number four. The first team appearance of the Bureau of Sovereignty. I guess is, is, is the name of that. Uh, uh, Bob, we also got from Image Comics Transformers number four. Mm-hmm. This one got a great 1 in 50 variant cover, a spoiler variant with uh, that character on the cover there. If, uh, if, if that art rings a bell. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, that's a Megatron. Okay, so Megatron. Yeah, good. Yeah. I, I had no clue, so I was hoping they <laughs> uh, jump in and check it out for me. But, yeah, we got a spoiler variant there with Megatron on the cover. So very, very cool. And uh, those are pretty much the notable books that came out this week. Uh, Again, there's more, but that's what uh, we have in front of us here. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll return in just a moment. And we are back with episode number 53 of the all-new, all-different number one comics podcast. Bob, it is time for the portion of the show where we talk about the book that we decided to talk about this week. Uh, mm-hmm. That being Rebel Moon, House of the Blood Axe, number one, from Titan Books, Titan Comics. Uh, I, I hate whenever they put books in the title instead of comics, you know? It's like, uh, this is a comic book. At least have like a subdivision that's just comics. I don't know. Either way. On the front of the comic, it says uh, comics. So I'll, I'll take that. I'm going to read the synopsis really quick from their site. And let me tell you that the beginning of this is in all caps, so I gotta yell all of it. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> comic book prequel. No, uh, comic book prequel to the highly anticipated Netflix movie Rebel Moon, created by acclaimed director Scott Snyder, Zack Snyder. <laughs> wow, Zack Snyder. <laughs> so, so Scott Snyder stopped doing Batman books. No, no, we'll we'll go with Zack Snyder. My bad. <laughs> Uh, and it's also written by award-winning comics writer Magdalene Visaggio. Magdalene? Magdalene. Magdalene Visaggio. Sorry. That was, uh, I was going to trip up on that name no matter what. So, uh, as war is looming on the horizon of planet Shasu, the leader of the Blood Axe family is conflicted between living up to his father's domineering legacy and maintaining the peace. It's up to him to settle the conflicts within himself and his family before the entire planet erupts in war. Um, we're going to take a second to talk about these creators before we get into my synopsis. Magdalene Visaggio, Magdalene Visaggio, however I'm supposed to pronounce that. My apologies. 
I'm not great at pronouncing names. Um, we haven't figured this out by now. Yeah, not in 53 episodes we haven't. Uh, <laughs> is, is definitely somebody who, you know, the second I saw her name, even though I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, <laughs> I, I, I knew the name um, and, and familiar with uh, some of her work. Uh, she's written on Strangelands for Humanoid, if you remember uh, Humanoid's comics. Uh, that that was like in 2019. A really cool story. Uh, it, it was I, I really liked it a lot. It was it was an interesting book. Um, probably a little bit too hard for me to explain here in just a second, but um, really interesting book. Also did for DC's imprint Young Animal back in 2018, Eternity Girl. A book that I really loved a lot. That was a a really cool series. Uh, you know, kind of a a mashup of superhero and spy stuff. It was it was a fun book and, and very well written. From Vault Comics, Vagrant Queen, A Planet Called Doom. Uh, from Black Masks, uh, Sex Death Revolution. And did some work on Valiant Comics, which, you know, is right up my alley there. So Dr. Mirage and uh, Variant Queen, or sorry, Vagrant Queen. Also, if you remember the book from Ani Press in 2019, Morning in America, the one that had that great kind of they live looking cover to issue number one, mm-hmm. uh, that was her work as well. So huh. uh, definitely somebody you know I'm pretty familiar with. Uh, and then the artist here, Clark Bent, um, B I N T for for those who can pronounce better than me. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with <laughs> Bent, but I don't know if that's uh, how I'm supposed to pronounce it or not. Uh, they've worked on. Scout Comics, Frank at Home on the Farm, uh, Killtopia, Blade Runner 2039, Coming Home, uh, Quarantine, and, and, and a few other works. But seems to be a, a newer kind of creator there. And now I'm going to go into my synopsis. You'll have to excuse me. That this is a pretty stumbly sounding synopsis. <laughs> if you can't tell you know, by the lead up to it, then I'm going to have a little bit of trouble with this one. So... I guess just uh, bear with me if you can. Rebel Moon House of the Blood Axe opens with a place called Shasu, is how I'm going to pronounce it, 30 years ago. And our character, and the reason I'm going to say things like our character and stuff like that, I didn't catch any names, uh, really. Um, If I did, it was very convoluted and hard to tell that it was a name. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say our character, our, our kind of lead character here travels to the land of his mother's people and hunts a giant alien creature called a Kreger. K-R-E-G-G-E-R. I'll go with Kreger. It, it looked like Kreger to me. <laughs> right, sounds good. A native then fights and kills the Kreger, and he seemingly stays with her for the next 20 years until her death. And at this point, we realize that communications with other worlds and trade has stopped for some reason. The question comes of who will protect all these people now that our uh, main character's uh, mate is dead. And after a few days, the communication network has been restored. As they tried to figure out who severed the lines of communication, we find that a family was attacked and possibly murdered. Uh, We then get to the southern, a rebellious part of this world, and we find that the royal family was the one that was killed. Arguments about blood axes and non-blood axes begin, and then we flash back to 30 years ago, again, like at the beginning of the book, and the man, the main character, and the woman uh, at the beginning, Kreger fight, 
and make out and and the story ends <laughs> so uh, obviously you know the reason i say make out there we're just supposed to see that they you know kind of got together and started uh, a love or a family or, or whatever but um i would say let me say this disclaimer before we start uh, breaking this down my synopsis my synopsis makes it sound um you know like it's a, a kind of like a cohesive story that's that's easy to understand mm -hmm. i think the bones of it are there i think that it is a cohesive easy to understand story that is just layered upon layered upon layered upon layered with exposition so uh it really was a feat to try to get through this and understand exactly what they were trying to say with all the words and worlds and races and everything introduced here um i think that you know, obviously Zack Snyder is trying to create his big sci-fi epic, his big Dune, his Star Wars, whatever. And I don't see any problem with that. You know, a lot of people do that. Uh, it's it's a little convoluted in comic book form for me. Um, but that's just my disclaimer. I don't want to ruin the review. Obviously, we'll get into it and break it down and see what we thought. Uh, let's go into the story beats, Bob. I... I want you to lead this conversation with the story beats, um, and and then I want to say my uh, piece on it. Wow, like where can <laughs> I start with story beats? Um, like like Dan, like uh, you just said, it's it's a little too exposition heavy, and I'll tell you, I mean, when I have a comic with good story beats mm -hmm. i mean i can get like <laughs> like everybody else i can get through it in no time yep and it, you know it it i mean it it feels like it was free-flowing and it and it i mean it didn't take any time this comic <laughs> not at all I, it was a total slog to get through <laughs> yeah um that's kind of where I was going to go with it, too. It's I, I'm going to say it like this, and I've said this a hundred times on the podcast. You know, I always try to read these two or three times, you know, to try to really absorb what's going on mm -hmm. uh, before I break them down and, and suggest them to people or not or whatever. Uh, I don't have a problem with exposition. Sometimes you need exposition. When you're introducing a world, you need exposition. That makes sense, but... I will say this, and, and we talked about this before we started recording. Because of the comparisons to Star Wars or Dune, I'm going to have to take it in that direction. It's it's not... I, I don't want to hold that against Zack Snyder or definitely not Magdalene here because I don't think that any of this is her fault. I think that it's the world building, and of course we're going to get into that in our review and everything, but take something like Star Wars. How easy was it to sit down the first time and watch A New Hope? You know, mm -hmm. didn't it just breeze by and make you so interested in what came after it and all of that? It was just such an interesting uh, way to tell a story because of the way it was told. I mean, you're dropped right there with Luke, like you're you're in Luke's POV, and all the exposition takes place through that character. Now. Take something like this, where instead, you you know, it seems like you needed to know what was going on before. It seems like you've got to introduce all of this stuff, all these weird names that you don't understand, all these different places, 
all this uh, hierarchy and everything else that you just don't quite get, it moves along at like a really weird pace whenever you have to do it that way. And, and I'm not trying to say that they should come out and copy Star Wars or anything, but I mean, that is one of the uh, greatest uh, fiction stories ever told. So, you know, I mean, maybe you might want to take away a little from at least the way they tell the story. I think that, you know, once you break this down, it, it is very simple. It's just uh, we have two characters that, that fall in love. You know, you have somebody from a different world who comes over to this world, falls in love, starts a family. There's a royal family, whatever. Uh, communications get severed, and now we're on the brink of war. Okay, uh, that's pretty easy to get through. But, I mean, I the first time reading this book, I did not get any of that. Well, here's... <laughs> And here's a comparison I have to the, um, you know, story beats and the overall narrative and all that. It kind of reminded me of, and, you know, I continued with this, you know, series and it's become one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have, but it kind of reminded me of when we reviewed Sirens of the City. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that first issue just you know, focused on way it, it didn't, I mean, it didn't narrow its focus. It just had such a wide, vague focus. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, that's one thing this book is. It doesn't really focus on anything, anyone, any, you know, one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't, you know, focus on, you know, building up the world or anything like that. It just, you know, goes from, Okay, this person, uh, this animal, yep. to this world, it, it, it just, you know, it's too much. Yeah, it's almost like it, it throws us in and then expects us to already be interested. And like, no, you kind of have to earn that, you know? You can't just say, you're going to be interested in this, so here's all the exposition and everything that backs it up. And then here's the name of all of these right. characters and all these right. places and everything. Uh, I need to live in the world a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, I you can't you can't just say, oh, here's a sci-fi story by Zack Snyder. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's its selling point. And I think that uh, I, I I'm gonna have to be really careful about this because I'm like skirting a weird line here. I'll I'll go ahead and say it like on Front Street. I don't like the concept. I don't like the execution, but it is not the fault of the writer. Uh, I think that she did very well, uh, again, because once I peel it back and look at what's underneath, it's a cohesive story and it makes sense. But I think that, you know, to get all of that information out there that had to be out or whatever, maybe, you know, you really need to build a world and not try to do it in four issues as a prequel. (laughs) You know, unfortunately, it was one of those, she did the best with what she had. She Mm -hmm. did the best with the story. Yes. And un- unfortunately, you know, when you hear those phrases put together, it's 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 not very. It, it doesn't, you know, make the story out to be very good. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel bad saying it, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's that's going to be on on front here. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then the narrative. I don't know, Bob. This is, you know, we've already started off on this foot, so. I, th- I don't. I don't really exactly know what the narrative is. I, I agree. It's very confusing. I think uh, again, why not just give us like a POV character instead of exposition? Don't drop me there and say, 
30 years ago on this world, this took place. Why not have that character, you know, go to this world or whatever from wherever they're coming from? Again, I need a little bit of investment from the narrative here. Mm. Why do I care about this character? I don't know where they came from. I don't know their story before this. I'm mm. not saying give me a prequel comic of this character, but, you know, maybe a page of, all right, it's time to leave my home world because of this reason, and I'm going to go to this world and... Again, that POV would have really helped the narrative. It would have helped me become a little bit more invested in what that character had going on. I don't even know this character's name. I've read the book twice. I've written a synopsis about it. I don't know who I'm talking about here. Um, that shouldn't be, you know? I, I should be a little bit more invested in, in what's going on with them, where they came from, and their name, and everything else. Well, and then you get, you know, that last panel at the very end mm -hmm. where, the, you know, they're making out. It's kind of like, where in the narrative did it talk? Did it... <laughs> You know, was there any kind of, you know, romantic sexual tension between those two? Yes, yes, exactly. No, completely agreed. Um, it, it's just like so much of what happens in this book wasn't earned. It was it's just placed there. And I think that that's, I don't want to say that's poor writing, again, because I, it, it's so weird to say that this was written well, but the source sucks or something. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to say about I'm it. Just gonna, I'm just going to say poor story concept. Yes. I'm, uh, not, I'm not necessarily going to say poor writing because yeah. you are right. The writing was good. Mm -hmm. It made sense. It was, but, it was written well. I mean, but... just... I think the story is just kind of all over the place and it leaves you scratching your head like, what? Yeah, and if, if they want to tell this story, in my opinion... Uh, again, this is a big sci-fi epic. We're seeing the the seeds being planted for this entire world to operate the way it is and for, you know, war and all of this stuff. Uh, this big, you know, epic thing that's happening on this planet and we've got to do it in four issues and this was the kickoff of that, you know. So we've got three more issues this to did, go. This didn't, <laughs> this didn't feel like a number one issue. No, it didn't at all. It um, felt like a it felt like a number two or three issue yeah, where stuff like, has already been going on. Exactly, like we should have already known a lot. Right, like I felt kind of right. stupid reading this. Where um, a, where a number one issue it should introduce. Exactly, exactly. I mean, go back and look at. I, I don't want to compare, you know, apples to oranges here, but go back and look at, uh, you know, something like uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of people have read that. Uh, you know. If you haven't, you know, the story or whatever, like we're introduced to Peter Parker. You know, we get to know Peter Parker. We get to know he's like a nerdy, clumsy high school student. And and that's what the majority of the book is. Yes, that's exactly. That's what the majority of issue one is. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, you know, getting bit by the spider, turning into Spider-Man, it's all very important. But why would we that, care if we didn't care about Peter Parker first? But that's <laughs> introducing. Yes. Just like, you know, making the comparison to Star Wars. Why do we care if we don't first get introduced to Luke Skywalker and care about what he has going on? And then get invested in what Princess Leia is saying and, and all of those things. And then, uh, you know, there's just so much, so many layers there and so many things to get invested in. And here it's lacking all of that. It's just, you know, laying it out in black and white. Okay, here's the story. Uh, yeah. Care about it for whatever reason. Um, it's, yeah. it's just not working for me. Um now, I will say this when we get into the dialogue. It's way, there's way too much dialogue and it's way too exposition heavy. Um, 
and I really actually hated the fact that we got their native language split with our yeah, language. Yeah. There was no need for that. Yeah. Um, and it there really took up wasn't. too much space and it was confusing. But the dialogue itself is well written. I, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I do like the dialogue. The only, you know, the only thing, and this, this is a trope. I mean, this is, uh, well, I, I really can't say it a trope. I really can't say a trope. But this was also a, um, you know, talking point about, uh, the, about Guardians of the Galaxy to bring that up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you heard this. They don't really have their own language. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, um, there are times, uh, there were a couple of times in this book where, you know, um, one of them, uh, I don't know his name, but um, he calls that uh, beast an asshole. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like, wait a minute. Why can't, I mean... Why can't you just give them their own language? I mean, yeah, you know, and I hate going back to Star Wars, but I mean, Star Wars have has nerf herders. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, which is basically their version of it. Exactly. Introduce right. things in that way. And I mean, instead of... that, that's, that, that was the same talking point as Guardians of the Galaxy, because mm-hmm. it's like, you're on a whole no- you're in space, in a whole other planet, but they have Earth-like you know sayings Mm -hmm. yeah it it was just uh, it was clunky um but it's not because it (laughs) wasn't written well so this is i mean this is going to be a confusing review from us Uh, obviously Mm -hmm. i think we're both saying that that this writer clearly knows what she's doing and uh can write a story absolutely can write dialogue and all but of that I, yeah I, but I, I just source think, I, is I, there. I, I just think the uh story concept is just mm. yeah it's it's not there i mean i no. don't care i've heard way too many things exactly like this this is way too generic uh i don't care uh, about any of this um how can you make me care about this i I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to say the draw of this book was, you know, again, like I said, Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. sci-fi epic. Yep. But it, it's hard not to think that that was the draw of this book. Yeah. I mean, if, if the movie is as boring as this book, I can't imagine trying to watch that movie is, no. is all I can say. No. Um, so, so then I think probably... The thing that this wants to get across the most, you know, probably one of the most important questions we have about this book then is the world building. Um, they're trying to build this whole new world and this whole franchise or whatever, this two-part epic uh, movie, you know, and this is the prequel for it and everything. How did they do on the world building? See, and this this goes back to, and I talked about it, this goes back to just, they don't, they don't narrow their focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, focus on... You know, um, of course we get the name of the planet, mm-hmm. but I mean, we really don't get a sense of, okay, the people, yeah. the scope of it, the, you know, various places. I just, and that's a big problem I, I have with it too, is like, you know, there's too many wacky words in here that I don't know what they're referring to. And it, it's saturated with that. There's, uh, you should have taken it down a little bit. And realized, you know, this isn't a novel. This is supposed to be a comic book. Uh, 
I should have some kind of visual association with the words that you're saying, and mm-hmm. I don't. Those aren't attached to anything. It's just like, uh, here's this random word. I, I don't know. I, I can't – again, it's it's very troublesome to go yeah. through this book and say, I don't know the name of our main character. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know they talked about the uh, – the, the mother's name or, mm-hmm. or the, the female character who died. I know they said her name a few times. I didn't retain it at all. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know what they're referring to. The only thing I got was the kind of rebellious side of the planet or world or whatever we're talking about um, uh, that now I don't remember the name of. <laughs> so uh, the the Southern or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I have no idea really what's going on, so... And there, there's multiple times in this book that they um, refer to the motherland. Mm-hmm. What is the motherland? Yeah, exactly. Is this the motherland? What is, uh, I, I'm guessing... Is that like a plane of existence? <laughs> yeah, got me. I have no clue. Um, uh, let's get into the art then. I think that... You know, at least for me, I can be a little bit nicer about the art. Than I, I was, I, I was just about to say when I was reading this book, the uh, hands down, I think the art is the best part of this book. Yeah, and and I'm gonna say it like this because it's gonna go back and forth a little bit. I will say for characters, I don't really like the character art that much. Uh, I think they're detailed in a good way. I I like. Um, I don't think there was like, you know, I, I think the, the artist spent time on them. I think the, I don't know, uh, the anatomies there, everything looks good, but there's, it's so generic. Like, I just, there was just, there's something about the, when I was reading this also, there's just something about the faces that mm-hmm. just seemed a little bit, I mean, the, like you said, the overall characters, the anatomy mm-hmm. was, you know, great. But, I mean, it just, there was something about the faces that was just off to me. And I can't put my finger on it exactly. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to say this, too. Uh, and this is kind of to shit on Zack Snyder again, which I, I'm not I'm not here to do. But, you know, I think that another big problem with this is, you know, it being too generic. I, I blame Zack Snyder for that. that. He created this world that this comic book illustrator has to... Uh, draw in comic book form or whatever he you know kind of created the characters i'm assuming these are the same characters that are in the movie but even if not you know they're based off of those characters Mm. so why do they have such generic looks why do they look like i I don't know i mean i'm not saying make it look like avatar or anything i mean i don't want a bunch of blue people like wandering around but what is this you know what am i supposed to think about these people then we have like i told you we have these characters that I don't know. They almost look like maybe they're supposed to be like a, like a C-3PO type of thing. with, But then they have this cape on and this weird mask. What mm-hmm. are those? What's what's going on here? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to say the weakest link in the whole book um, for me is the character art. It's, it's not good. And again, I don't blame the artist for that. The artist clearly knows what they're doing as well. Uh, it's just I don't think they had anything to work with. See, and that, and that you know that's horrible to say. I mean, yeah, I'm kind I'm kind of like you. Like I said, I mean, you know, I I think there's something off about the faces, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, other than that, 
I think the art is good. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, go to our next category, the backgrounds. I think the backgrounds look great. Yeah. So There's a are. lot going on in the backgrounds. Yep. So it looks very, very lived in. Mm -hmm. The world is fleshed out. There's a mm -hmm. lot of detail. The backgrounds look really good. I'm looking, look at this panel where it's nighttime. We've yep. got the, the cool, like, stylistic uh, star flares in the background on the moons or planets or whatever. Like, looks great. Looks mm -hmm. really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't think that it's the artist's fault, uh, but some of this just falls really flat. Now, I've got a close-up panel on a character's mouth here. You know, he's a mustached, you know, villain guy or whatever. And, I mean, it looks like the dude has had, like, 20 sets of braces. That's the most perfect teeth I've ever seen. Uh, and it just doesn't look realistic. I, what it, I, I don't know what that is. Um, I, I, I was <laughs> going to say, um, who exactly has, well, except that, People who've gotten veneers. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, he got his teeth. Maybe his teeth all rotted out, and those are dentures. I don't know. Poorly made dentures. I'm not sure, but uh, it's just I, I don't know. It's not what I expect. Um, it's not what I want. And to go back to you know something that it's it's trying to be that Star Wars that Dune or whatever. Uh, you, you take elements of of real life and Earth and everything. I mean, look at a character like Luke Skywalker, like. You know, even though he's he's placed there in the galaxy and other worlds and everything, like uh, he's our familiar character. He looks like a human being. You know, <laughs> like it, it works. And of, and of course, we know you know Jedi and Sith are modeled after samurai. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not too sure what it, what they were going for here. What was going on with this book? Uh, how about the locations? Then we do get locations i'm just not sure exactly what they are but i will say you know the story moves throughout different locations we have that first uh world the uh Chassu, um 30 years ago where it's this you know uh desert wasteland and there's these weird that, trees and stuff that i'm just gonna equate to like the serengeti yeah uh, yeah exactly um looks good though looks like a nice location i mean it's mm -hmm. not not super original but it looks nice um uh a cool world and then we get you know more to the i don't know the rugged like mountainy looking areas and everything and we have the night sky that looks great uh we have more of this deserty type land but there's a i don't know like buildings that are kind of carved into the mountainside or whatever it looks mm -hmm. looks good uh i i think the locations work here i think that those work fine i don't see any problems with those um I don't know if you have any other thoughts uh, that, that I didn't talk about. Okay. Uh, so then our last thing, uh, of course, you know, being the colors, uh, or sorry, our last thing before our recommendation or not, um, colors by Francisco Sagala, I'm going to go with. Um, I will say this. I think that the colors are a little uninspired and uninteresting. I think that it could have popped a little harder um, in certain areas. Now, mm. I did compliment the that kind of night sky area, uh, that kind of rugged night sky with the buildings carved into the mountain and everything. That area is really it's colored really well. I like the palette there and everything. Once we get into you know the regular daytime and stuff, I'm kind of bored with it. Uh, I don't think that the yeah, colors it, it, really it, shine it's here. It's just too monochromatic. Now I do I do like and uh, you know you just passed it. Um, mm. You know, I, you know, I, I do, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do like all of that. Yeah, uh, and, and look, the colorist knows what they're doing. I think that mm -hmm. the, the palette's a little weird. I think that, 
it's a little drab it's a little dry it's it's whatever um I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say this like i said already like i'm gonna say about the entire book i think that all the pieces are there i think you have a really good writer you have an artist who knows what they're doing you have a colorist who who clearly knows what they're doing uh it just none of it worked for this project at all yeah i i, I was gonna say i mean i you know any uh, give them any other project and i think it would be good but yeah i just I just don't. I just don't think for this one, and we all know by watching his movies that mm-hmm. Zack Snyder has a very specific, you know, vision, oh, yeah. and I mean it. It is you know artistic mm-hmm. and stylized, and you know, just sometimes it can it can border on just out there and kind of boring at points. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to say about this whole thing. You know, I, I don't know anything about Rebel Moon other than what we've just read right here. Mm-hmm. And I'm already so bored with it. I'm, I'm uninterested. Uh, now, as, as part of that, you know, me going into it as a Zack Snyder vehicle and then it being on Netflix, which I hate, you know, very openly, um, maybe. Maybe I have, you know, maybe I'm not giving it enough of a chance. But what's here, you know, I did have a very open mind with... Uh, you know, I was I was gonna do my best to separate the comic book from what you know the movie is and, and all of that, uh, and and I just I think it falls flat. I don't think it works at all. Well, see, and you should be able to do that because mm-hmm. this is a prequel. Yes. Series, mm-hmm. so it comes before the series. So technically, you shouldn't have to watch the movie yeah. to know what's going on. You should read what's going on, and then watch the movie. Yeah, and I think that this like kind of goes back to that you know question you always have to ask yourself when you're reading something. Well, what is the point of someone telling the story? Is the point because they have something really interesting to say? Is the point because they can you know build off something that somebody else already did? Do they have a really interesting corner of, of the world you know to be explored? Uh, do they have like this story that only they could tell or whatever? This is just so generic and boring. Like I, mm-hmm. what was. What was the purpose of this? I think that the purpose of this was, you know, for Zack Snyder to create his Star Wars and hopefully, you know, make a whole bunch of money off of it. I know it seems so uninspired and unoriginal. Um, so, you know, to get to our, you know, most important question of the podcast, I think it's probably a given. Uh, is this enough to bring you to issue number two? Is there anything here where you're interested to see what might happen next? Uh, yeah, it's I, I'm I'm in the complete same boat. No, I, I will I, not be picking up no, issue number two. Yeah, I just I just <laughs> can't do this because reading it and me being tired aside, mm-hmm. you know, even it, it, as the dogs make their appearance mm-hmm. on podcasts mm-hmm. like right. normal, um, <laughs> a very loud appearance. Just <laughs> just reading this, I mean, it was just. So it was just so convoluted, mm-hmm. so confusing, yes. such a slog fest. I was just uninterested in the source material. Nothing drew me in. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's just, there's nothing here. Uh, there's there's nothing of substance. And I feel very bad saying that. I can't think of another review that we've done where we didn't like the, the book this much. I think this might be <laughs> the the worst thing that we've reviewed so far in fifty three issues. Sorry, episodes. Um, but issues work. Yeah, sure. Uh, 
I, I do want to say this though, just to be fair and just to you know to be brutally honest, I think that the the talent is there. Oh, I yeah. think that oh yeah, Magdalene, Clark, and Francisco, on any other project would have made a very good book. I think that uh, Magdalene really is a good writer and has a story to tell. I think that Clark, you know, could illustrate the hell out of something else. And I think Francisco's colors would work anywhere else but here. I'm not blaming this creative team. I am blaming the source. It's boring and uninspired. And that's really all I can say about it. Yeah. I feel very bad. You know, I hope that none of these creators ever listen to this podcast, uh, you know, and, and think that we think badly of their work. It's not you guys. It is the source. Yeah, and unfortunately, like I explained about Zack Snyder, I mean, you either like him or you hate him. Yep, and and you know, like you know, like you're saying, unfortunately, you know, that's what this podcast is for. Uh, you and I are both very open minded, and mm -hmm. you know, there's been a lot of books that I was scared we were gonna hate that we turned out loving. Um, there's been a lot of books that you know I thought we were on the fence about, and then you know we came out with a good review. There's been things you know we didn't like as much, but. I, there's been there's been Zack Snyder led projects we've we've really liked. I mean, mm -hmm. Three Hundred is one of my favorite movies. Yep, uh, a very good movie. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, oh, we're never here to to shit on you know these creators or their vision or anything like that no. or their storytelling. Uh, they're doing much better than you or I could. So uh, obviously, you know, there's that. Uh, this just didn't work for us. You know, maybe it'll work for you. I don't know. I cannot suggest this to anyone, sadly. Um, but no. please, please know, and I really want to make this point, you know, I want to make sure this point gets across. That is at no fault of the creators, in my opinion. I think that they really, really, and I, I know I sound like a broken record, but I have to get that point across. I think they know what they're doing. I think the source material is just not there. It's just uninteresting. Uh so yeah, that is a not <laughs> recommend from me and Bob, uh, and we'll we'll take a break after that. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the all new all different number one comics podcast. We've got a very special creator interview on the line today. Uh, I'm speaking with Sam Freeman, of course, of Basic Instinct. Now, Sam, let me ask you this right off the top, because I don't know if you uh, heard whenever me and Bob covered uh, the, the comic on the podcast or not. Am I supposed to say Basic Instinct, Pound of Flesh, or am I just supposed to say Basic Instinct? Jeez, that was, uh, first of all, <laughs> thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> pound of Flesh was like in my script, and it's like mm -hmm. how I pitched it was Basic Instinct, colon, Pound of Flesh. And okay. uh in the emails, it was just referred to as basic instincts. I was like, oh, I guess they don't want to do that. And then when I first got the book, I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, you can call it basic instinct. I, I'll know what you mean. Yeah, well, understood. Uh, hopefully. Um, yeah, which one are you talking about, man? Which, which yeah. basic instinct comic? But um, yeah, uh, no, really excited to have you on. Thank you so much for for taking the time out of your day to, to talk to me here. Um, I was actually... So I'm going to, I'm going to lay this out on like front street here because uh, you know, all of our listeners who, you know, checked out that episode and everything, which, I mean, we have, I, I will say this uh, to, to kind of uh, prop myself or whatever, <laughs> or, or listeners of the podcast too, but uh, very dedicated listener base. Doesn't matter what issue we cover. Like everybody's there 110% all the time. Um, 
we have some like banger episodes and and then we have like you know some stuff where we cover like some really small indie stuff like it doesn't matter like uh the audience is always there for it so really appreciate those guys and, and very awesome but yeah um definitely uh the episode where we covered basic instinct uh we got some really good feedback on um definitely you know had had like a good listener engagement and everything so what i like to do and and the reason i'm drawing this out and saying so much here is, is I'll, I'll get to the point in a second but what i always like to do is after and, and i always do this after we publish our episode i never do it before i never like to read any reviews or or learn anything about i i really don't even like to read like synopsis uh, from or solicits or anything hmm. from the publishers or previews or anything like that but um i like to go in as blind as possible but after we publish our episode, I like to look at those things to see if they matched up with what I was reading. I like to um, look at reviews and stuff like that online, whatever. Uh, so I was looking a little bit on um, Comic Geek, League of Comic Geeks. Uh, yeah. So so I look there for reviews sometimes, you know, on, on books, um, obviously YouTube, stuff like that. Uh, and there's like only a few reviews that I saw, like uh, at, at the point that I looked. Um, and I saw like, this is weird, but like, to me, it was like, I, I saw like mixed reviews, you know, like I saw some yeah. people who were like, who were like, this is really cool. And some people like, I don't know what's going on. A lot of people saying, uh, I'm not familiar enough with the source material to, to really like make any type of decision if this is good or not. And like, I felt the same way at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and, and again, I just want to lay this out on front street. I'm totally gonna, uh, you know, get, hand the mic over to you after, after a second and I'll shut up. But, um, you know, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, it's, it's like a licensed property. You know, I should really understand the source material beforehand. So the night before we did it, like I did sit down and watch the movie. I'm like a horrible at that dude. Like I'll, I'll, you know, lay down in bed to watch a movie at like 1030 at night. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's the greatest thing in the world, I just fall asleep. So, um, so I never made it like all the way through the movie. And I was like, God, I don't know if I can really judge what's going on here because I'm not familiar enough with, with the source material. I, you know, fuck that, put all that aside. Like yeah. you, you shouldn't do that. Like in, in all honesty, uh, it's, I, I'm sure there's like a lot of added benefit if you really know the source material well and everything, and there's Easter eggs and all of that. But like, uh, you know, you're an author, like you can tell a compelling story without saying like, you've got to know every single detail about yeah. this. And like, I mean, fill in the blanks, you know, with your imagination a little bit, like whatever, there's, there's things you can do there. But, um, but yeah, that was like kind of my take on it was there were so many people out there saying, well, this is a comic. I don't know enough about the source material, blah, blah, blah. And like, I, I think that's like such a shitty and lazy way to review something uh, in, in my opinion. Like, I just don't understand why anybody would go into something with that kind of expectation. Like, uh, I mean, go read like, you know, uh, Marvel's like Transformers number one or something like who cares, dude, you don't have yeah. to like, know like everything about every single toy, everything about everything that came before that, like whatever, like it's just stupid to me. But, um, but yeah, the, the reason I kind of go into that is because if you listen to our review on it, you know, I was, I was actually very surprised with how much I liked this book. Um, <laughs> to tell you the truth, like I, I, I wasn't expecting that. And, and, uh, you know, it is Vanessa Del Rey on art. So, I already knew I was going to love that, but obviously I didn't know anything about your writing or anything or, or what this book was going to be about. And and I really loved it. And I was really excited to read issue number two. Um, Bob was like so weirded out by it that he wanted to read issue number two. So like it wins in our podcast, you know, like we're telling everybody to go read issue number two, but for different reasons. But, um, but either way, yeah, I, I, I just, 
wanted to get that out there. And then, you know, what's your opinion on that? Like, do you have, obviously you don't want to alienate anybody out there reviewing your stuff, but uh, I'll shut up so you can talk. <laughs> I mean, I think like, I, I think I'm like fully aware of, so let me just preface by saying like, I'm a huge fan sure. of the movie. Um, Mm-hmm. and i think it's so weird like i feel like this experience and this is also like the way it kind of like worked out was this is the first book i've ever published like there was some stuff yeah. that kind of like um was supposed to come out it got kind of mixed up in like the aftershock shuffle um mm-hmm. but this is just kind of how it, it ended up being but uh i saw basic instinct you know a handful of years five five years ago or something and it was just like inform so much of like what i like like i don't think it's yeah. like the greatest movie of all time but i think it's like uh there's just so much like cool stuff that in it that i like so i i think when i've talked to people about this <laughs> like when i first got it and i was like i'm, I'm writing like a basic instant comedy <laughs> i think people were like oh you just like like you're just like writing like fan fiction <laughs> about basic instant <laughs> <laughs> and uh or there's also people like when it came out the first issue came out i would post it on like i don't know reddit and be like hey i wrote this like you know if you buy it let me know what you think and people were like is it just like an adaptation of the comic so i think there's like a weird and outside of that too i think it's like a 30 year old movie that kind of came and went like it was big when it came out but they're not like having like basic instinct cons in las vegas you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um yeah so it is like a hard sell uh just from the jump and uh i think like i from the get-go like um kind of wanted to do something like pretty outside of basic instinct or like at least that first movie i didn't to be honest i haven't seen the second movie (laughs) (laughs) but I kind of just want to do something outside of it. And I think there is some stuff, especially in the later issues that are, um, have like heavy references or in the first issue, um, there's a line from the movie and, you know, obviously it's centers or kind of centers around Catherine Trammell. But I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want everyone to watch that movie because I think the movie's awesome. But <laughs> I think, yeah. uh, I just like kind of just wanted to write like a weird story about like the effect of violence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've definitely, uh, I know people are like, don't, don't read your reviews, but like, I feel like I'm like, like insane with it. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> up at like three in the morning being like, I got to see if someone said something about it in China. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and they do. <laughs> and, it's like it's kind of flown under the radar, which is cool. But like, uh, I the first couple of reviews I got were pretty like gnarly, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh my god, I'm like an idiot. And then <laughs> I, I saw yours, and I saw it was like an hour, and I was like, oh my god, like <laughs> I was so like ready to be like just like torn apart. And it was really all I'd like send it to people and be like, yeah, it's like things are going pretty well for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah no it's cool it's, it was cool hearing it because i feel like it was uh I, you was I, th- I think you were like yeah it's like um it's like david lynch like like lynchian um which is yeah, definitely uh, like 100 
the vibe <laughs> I was going through. So I was like really, really excited you said that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think um, there's a lot of media out there, and especially now there's a lot of, um, you know, sequels or reboots or, you know, mm-hmm. these kind of side stories that pop up in all different forms of media. And the point of those, I think, or really anything is that it's supposed to be kind of, I mean, comics in particular is, there's a comic out there for everyone. There's a Batman comic. Like I don't read main title Batman, but I like a lot of the side stories where they're really kind of condensed down or, you know, things that kind Mm -hmm. of happen within a bubble. That's the stuff I'm interested in. And I think, um, you know, the main plot of basic instinct isn't, you know, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And I think if you know that you can kind of, fill in the blanks for yourself with what happens in these, this, this comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's something uh, again that, you know, not, not to retread here or whatever, but uh, it, it is, it's just, it, I mean, if, if, if your purpose is to review something, you know, uh, objectively or whatever, and, and say, is this like a good piece of media, you know, for, for this reason or this reason, I mean, it, it, it is very hard to uh, come out and say, I'm not familiar enough with, with this to judge this. I mean, if, if you took that, uh, for instance, you know, and said, uh, I, I can't, uh, I, I don't know, judge music because I can't play music, whatever. Yeah, yeah right. you can. I mean, that's that's yeah. lazy. That's stupid. You can yeah. you have an opinion, you know, you have an informed uh, opinion, but uh but yeah, that's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was important to kind of get that out of the way first yeah. because I thought that that was very interesting. Um, Bob and I, you know, my my co-host for the for the podcast proper, uh, we, look, the, the point of our podcast is we, we find a, you know, uh, first issue comic book that's newly released that week uh, and we do it at random on top of that. So we're not sitting here, you know, playing favorites or saying, uh, I want to pick a Spider-Man book this week or anything like that. We do it at random. We, we put you know, all the new number ones in, in like a random wheel and then whatever it lands on is what we cover. And, and we go into that, like, whether it's like, uh, like I said before, the smallest indie book, like a Superman book, whatever it is with the same intention, you know, okay, let's break down the story beats. Let's, let's talk about the narrative. Let's talk about uh, the world building, the dialogue. Let's talk about the art, break that down into characters and into color, you know, all of that stuff. And like I said before, whenever we landed on your book, I mean, I, I was already a big fan of Vanessa Del Rey. I really, really love her work. It's very, yeah. very stylized. I think you guys were a very good team up for this. I think to tell the the story that you wanted to tell here, it was very important that you got the right artist. I think that if you would have landed with somebody with a more convention conventional style or whatever, however, you know, you word something like that, uh, somebody like a little bit more vanilla or whatever <laughs> in the comic book world, I don't think it would have came across right. Uh, I, I don't think it would have got that tone. And, um, you know, that's that's a really good pairing, you guys, together. Uh, I absolutely want to talk about that pairing. Like, yeah. did, did you have anything to do with that? Did uh, Sumerian set you guys up? Did you already know, Vanessa? Like, how'd that work? So I, I think, like, the whole process has been kind of, was kind of weird. So um, the the way I kind of got this book was, a friend of mine who um, I've read some other stuff with, and we had the book that was supposed to come out through Aftershock. Um, he had a book th- 
through Behemoth that then became uh, Sumerian Comics. Mm -hmm. And I guess they sent him, they were kind of dabbling in um, kind of expanding their license titles. And he sent Mm -hmm. me an email. I was on a plane. I was like about to take off. And he sent me this email that was like, these are all the license titles. And it was basically just being like, isn't that crazy? And I like <laughs> zeroed in on basic instinct. And like yeah. the moment I saw it, they were like, all right, you have to turn your cell phone off. So the whole flight, I was like, <laughs> if I don't get this fucking book or if I don't like write this book, <laughs> I'm going to be like so bummed. <laughs> like, so like we landed and I like immediately texted him. And I was like, dude, I'll like literally do anything for you to give me an email. And, uh, I pitched the book and they were like, cool. Yeah, that, that's cool. Uh, you're going to be working with Vanessa Del Rey. And I was like, Hey, that's, um, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but it was cool. Cause it was like, uh, that style, her style is so up my alley. It's just like, so mm-hmm. like what I look for when I read comics is that, that kind of super stylized, super kind of like, there's a lot of movement in it. There's a lot of, you know, it feels like it's, it's like vibrant. It's a lot of like electricity and it feels like, um, and I started writing the scripts and I had never talked to her. And like towards the end of it, I like emailed her and I was like, Hey, do you like, like this? Like, is this good? <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, is this uh, okay enough for you to work with? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, yeah, I'm like pretty much done. So yeah i guess it's you know even if i don't that's you know (laughs) but uh it was cool and i I think it's like um when i first started seeing pages from it from the first issue i was like yeah this is like exactly what i thought of this is so cool Mm -hmm. um and i think for the type of story it is um it's like there there's just not a better artist for it i think it's just so cool like i finally i met her at new york comic-con um Oh, that's awesome. and, uh, yeah, she's all she's awesome. Kayla, uh, the woman that did the color for it too. Mm-hmm. They're both they're both there and they're both incredible and they're so professional and just like it just I couldn't have asked for like a better team in that book. Um and uh it's cool because like when I first met like when I finally met them, I I at least got the vibe that they liked it, which is <laughs> <it's> cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, no, I'm 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 really uh I'm really lucky to have gotten the opportunity to do that. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh Kayla, is that how Kayla, yeah. is that how I pronounce her name? Yeah. The the colors. Okay. Yeah, uh that was that was one of the points that Bob really wanted to make whenever we did our review of the book. Um, you know, one of the things that really, really stood out to him because uh Bob and I like <sighs> I don't know. Sometimes we're, we're on the same page. Sometimes we're completely different. You know, we're, we have that kind of dynamic, but um, Bob is not the hugest fan of Vanessa Del Rey, which, which blows my mind. Cause yeah. I, I'm like, are, are you blind? But <laughs> um, it's not that he doesn't like her stuff. It's just, he doesn't always like her stuff. It's not an immediate sale sell for him. But um, what really kind of drew Bob in was the colors. He was like, I really appreciate this palette that's going on here in conjunction with the art. And then he was like the tone you know, is, is so fitting the, the palette that she's using and, and, and everything. Uh, it's very, very vibrant, but dark at the same time, which is yeah. like contradicting, but it really, really works. Uh, just such a cool tone there. And I think with the story that you're, you're telling throughout these books, it, it has to have something like that. Like I said yeah. before, 
I, I just can't imagine this with with you know like a very traditional like a Jamal Campbell type of art or something like that. Right. Like I just I, I can't see that. Uh, I can't see it working at all. But uh, I you know you talked a little bit about how you got involved with the book, which I mean that's that's so cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I really can't imagine. Now you, you said this this is your first published. Uh, writing credit um right. you had something going on with aftershock beforehand but that kind of fell apart with aftershock falling yeah. apart yeah uh, so was <laughs> have you been like writing scripts and pitching them for like a little while before uh, this came about or so i i was pitching a little bit um i was since i was like i don't know like eight i was like drawing comics um uh-huh. and like coming up with characters and stuff but I really kind of doubled down on writing scripts and writing pitches and just kind of developing stuff within comics, um, mm-hmm. probably within like the last 10 years or so. Um, and it kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit, but over the last few years, I really kind of, you know, doubled down on it. Um, I was pitching a lot of different stuff, uh, like three years prior to me finally getting basic instinct. Um, some stuff got close and then, um, March of 2022, my um, writing partner, Sam Romsberg, another Sam, um, mm-hmm. we got a, a book through Aftershock and it was like all written and then kind of, you know, what happened happened. <laughs> and, yep. uh, but a few, like, it was crazy. So I have a book uh, coming out in February called Hound um, through mm-hmm. Mad Cave Studios the same day I got hound or we got confirmation that they wanted to pick it up um, is when I got the email from Samaria and they're like, yeah, the licensors like your pitch. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> insane. Um, but uh, yeah, it was cool. And, um, and it was like one of these things, like a few months had passed since I first pitched it and they kind of gave me like the breakdown of like, it's going to be with, you know, Vanessa Del Rey and it's going to be for, you know, however much. And, they gave me the breakdown. I sent in the pitch and I didn't hear anything. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that was cool. Like, even if I don't get it, it's like cool that I got to do that, you know? Yep. And uh, it was like crazy. <laughs> it was like such a wild email. <laughs> um, I, I but, mean, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. But and it's cool too, because I think um, just how things have kind of, rolled out this is like this type of story like kind of a like a weird thriller like a weird like detective thing is like so it's like just all i want to tell and uh Mm -hmm. getting to do it in you know under the the lens of it being like a basic instinct story is like that's awesome (laughs) that's really cool (laughs) Yeah, it has to be really, really cool to have that license attached to it, to have that name familiar familiarity. Um, uh, you know, that's I, I think something that you know obviously would help sell a book. On on top of that, um, uh, aside from just you know having your uh, original property, you know, at an indie publisher, and then trying to hustle and get that out and trying to get that out into people's hands, at least at least something like this has the name recognition of of the movie to go along with it, so that. Uh, I, I love this story because it's like, and, and I, I don't want to come across as saying like uh, you didn't put the work in because I, I I'm, I'm hearing you. You obviously did. You've right. been, you know, like you said, 
in some form or another uh, working on comics since you were like eight years old. But, yeah. uh, you know, this is this is a great success story. We talked to I talk to a lot of creators. Um, I have people on who, you know, are just starting out trying to do a Kickstarter mm -hmm. all the way up to, you know, people like Steve Fox who have like 8 million comic books published with like Marvel and DC and, right. you know, Tyler Crook, people out there just hustling, like writing and drawing their own books and getting mm -hmm. them out in, in everybody's hands and all that. Like uh, we, we talk to everybody on here. So um, it's very rare that you hear like a story like this, you know, like you said, you, you started out, uh, you know, really kind of pitching things. You had a friend who, who was, uh, you know, heard about this book and you're like, dude, I want in, like I'll, yeah. I'll come up with the script and, and you did. And it, it, it all, you know, everything fell into place. You got hooked up with Vanessa Del Rey and, and this book's out in stores and, and going. And that's, that's such a cool success story for, for, you know, our listeners to hear. One thing that I always like to point out, because a lot of the feedback that we get here on the podcast is that, you know, you know how the comic book community is. A lot of people listening to the podcast are, are also aspiring uh, artists or, or writers. Um, so to hear what, you know, you guys came from, what you were facing, you know, how you got to, to where you got and everything is, is really cool for them to hear. And this is such a cool success story. I mean, uh, you know, not saying that, it, you know, this probably isn't going to work out for everybody. It's not like you guys can, you know, uh, uh, be like, well, uh, I don't know, Goodfellas is my favorite movie. So I'm going to write a Goodfellas script and then pitch it to Sumerian. And then I'm going to, you know, uh, sign on with my favorite artist and, right. and put out a book but you know i mean it can happen so you yeah. go out there and you try you know yeah and i think prior to that too i mean in those 10 years i was really kind of putting putting a lot of work in, and it was a lot of no's and it was a lot of like just kind of like like abusing people's inboxes with being like can you just read this like nothing has yep. to come with it. can you just read the script and mm -hmm. um i mean i think like what I was always told and what I did in the beginning was like always just like asking a bunch of questions and just like finding people whose work I respect and being like, like, I'm not asking for like a favor, just like, can you like, you know, how do I like with pitches, like what's like the best, you know, I, I think that all the power kind of lies in the pitches and just like asking mm -hmm. the best way to format or asking like, um, you know, like, what's like the most effective intention piece at the very end. So that was huge. And I think just asking a lot of questions is the biggest tool you have. And then the other thing is that what everyone told me when I have always tried to do is that um, if you get in, you hold the door for open for people behind you. So it's, oh yeah, um, you know, I, I've, I always, if someone asks me, if someone's in my position or, you know, I, I'm still asking questions, but if someone was, it's just starting out and ask me questions. It's, you know, carte blanche. You have, I'll, I'll answer anything, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think like with comics in particular, it's one of the only kind of creative fields that I can think of that's um, at both times creative and mechanical um, mm -hmm. where there is like, you know, in a script, it's, everything kind of has to have a page turn or, uh, you know, you have to have your, you know, something happens at 11 and then it ends at 22. And there's just a lot of like mechanics that are involved with kind of crafting that. And I think that's the stuff that, again, when I was first starting out um, was like gold for me, you know, mm -hmm. of some, or like someone just like being like breaking down, like, you know, writing a comic pitch for dummies for me, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 
I, I think that stuff is so valuable and still is too. And it's like, I, I try to like reference as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that you point that out. Uh, for a while I was really trying to, you know, uh, script some stuff myself and I just, I, I took a long break from it. So I, I haven't gone back to it, but, uh, one of my biggest inspirations or, you know, somebody that like I could always go to and be like, I, I really appreciate their material a lot. Uh, I really appreciate their like approach more than anything else. And then like how they get involved and everything is, and, and, and this is probably going to show my age here, but is Kevin Smith, you know, like mm -hmm. I, re I really like Kevin Smith. I, I love Kevin Smith's uh, movies and, and his comics and all of that. And I can't remember the name of the book now, but there was a point where Kevin Smith wrote a book and he just, he broke down that entire process of scripting um, yeah. his green arrow comic for DC. And I mean, down to the letter, you know, he was like, here's exactly how I format on page. Here's, you know, how I, you know, what I want in the dialogue balloons. Here's what I've told the artists, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and that was so eye opening for me because it's, it's, I mean, it's easy. You can go online and read a script to a movie, you know, you can, yeah you can see a lot of that stuff, but comic book scripts are not really out there, right. uh, you know, for the most part. So sometimes breaking into that, if you've never had any experience with it, you're not friends with other creators or whatever, uh, it can be, I don't know, you just end up doing your own thing and I guess it works for you or not, but yeah. it's nice to have like a template or some advice there too. So yeah. Um, I, I, I really like that as well. I think that that's really important. Um, like we talk about the comic book community and, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's similar in a lot of ways to like other, uh, entertainment, you know, community, uh, uh novel writers, uh, mm. screenwriters, all of that stuff, uh, acting everything, but it's so, uh, inclusive here. And it's so, um, like, I, I don't want to say not pretentious because I feel like I, I can kind of overuse that phrase. Um, but I mean, you can really basically get down on like anybody's level. Like you can, you know, you can, you can email Alex Ross and say, Hey, like, I really appreciated this. Like, can I get you on the podcast to, to talk to you, you, you know, yeah. about it? And, 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 he, and he, he actually writes back and he goes, yeah, I'd love to, I'm a little bit busy right now, but hit me up in three months or whatever. I mean, yeah. you're not going to get that with your favorite director or whatever. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, there's those kinds of things that are, uh, you know, just really cool with the comic book community. And like you said, uh, kind of asking people what they did or, 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 or whatever is, is very important as well. So I just really like that you point that out there. I think that that's very important, you know, to keep that thing going. Everybody, uh, you know, once you break in, like you said, you hold the door, door open for, for the next person. That's really, yeah. really cool. Really good advice um, that I think everybody should follow in, in, in whatever the hell they're doing. So, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, prior to, to comics too, I was in a band for like 10 years and, um, good. Like, then we have some talking to do. So please, yeah, like I was like, uh, like it, it was like a kind of like a hardcore band. And, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that community is like tough, like that's a, a tough <laughs> thing. And it's like, it's such a stark difference between when I was doing that. And it was this, like, you can do all the, you can feel like you're making like all these right moves and just like nothing's happening. And, um, yep. I think with, with comics, people are like, you're saying just so like open to be like, yeah, this is just what I did. Or like, yeah, here's like what my script looks like. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a, yeah, this is like exactly what you do. It's just like, here's an, here's an example. This is like yep. an option for you. And I think it's so cool. And it's so like refreshing just cause it's like, 
being in bands and like <laughs> like uh like playing in like you spend so much money mm-hmm. to go on tour and then you go to this place in like south carolina and it's a room the size of like the back of a toilet bowl <laughs> and yep. you're like no one's just there. the sound guy and the door guy there <laughs> yeah yeah and they don't really want to listen to you and you still i guess like maybe it's practice and then like <laughs> yep. you know <laughs> it's brutal and it's like it's really brutal mm-hmm. and i think um it's so refreshing <laughs> it's so awesome to be like uh it's just not like i don't know like so, some people have messaged me and just said like really nice things <laughs> and it's like mm-hmm. it's so foreign mm-hmm. i i felt like when in in bands so um it's awesome <laughs> yeah and, and you're you're really right about that uh, again that's something that uh i can i can definitely you know take notice of and, and comment on too i uh i play in a couple of bands right now like I, i've played drums like my whole life i'm oh, really nice. big into music uh and the community is just so different it's such a different thing uh you're not going to get any of those inside secrets from anybody like no one's going to tell you shit like they kind of want you they're like you got to pay your dues you go figure it out yourself um and i mean every now and again you might have like a you know a friend's band or somebody that you can latch on to you know maybe they're a little bit more successful or whatever but uh but yeah as far as booking shows um you know going out on tour like you said i mean they're nine times out of ten you're playing to an empty room and it's it's degrading and it's uh it's very unencouraging you know for you to you know, get up and move on after that. Uh, uh, you know, and I just, I, I, I think you're right. You know, the comic book community is just, it's so different and it's so, it, it, it's such a, you know, if, if you have something in mind, um, if you're, you know, if you want to color, if you want to illustrate, if you want to write, whatever, whatever you want to do in comics, like just get up and do it, just get up and try, yeah. um, you know, uh, the likelihood that, that, you know, something might become of it is, is like in your favor, you know, definitely, definitely get out there and do it. If you have a story to tell, I guess that's the most important thing. You know, if you have a story to tell, like get out, get out there and tell it, it's not going to be as bad as like me and Sam's experience, um, you know, trying to uh, go out and play shows and, and, and all of that. And <laughs> yeah, and definitely. And, and I had some really successful, you know, things happen throughout the years, you know, and then, uh, but most of the time was, you know, spent, uh, like you said, playing to an empty room. So, yeah, uh, very, very interesting and and very cool that you have that experience as well. Um, so, how about in in comics? Um, you've got you've got hounds com- or hound coming. Um, uh, you you've got is it two more issues or three more issues of Basic Instinct? Two more issues, yeah. Two more. Okay, so it's a four part. So you've got that coming. Um, I, I'm sure you're working on some other projects you probably can't even tell us about right now, which is fine. But uh, how about your inspiration in comics? Uh, what do you read? What did you read before you started writing? Like, what are you really into? So, I mean, it's kind of all over the place. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I first started reading comics, like really getting into comics, um, it was like Ultimate Spider-Man hit me at like oh, yeah. the perfect time i was like eight when it first come out first started coming out and um it was like hook line and sinker after that um i had like <laughs> so a, how excited are you the ultimate spider-man's coming back like next week i saw like the first couple pages of it i guess they did preview pages and i was like this is yeah so sick <laughs> it's so cool i know and, i can't uh, wait <laughs> yeah and it's like a like an older peter parker and it's like i'm old <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh 
but so i mean it was that i had like a wizard magazine subscription up until like the bitter mm-hmm. end oh man. and uh and i was like obsessed with it um mm-hmm. so i mean that was kind of like really informative and i think now it's like i think uh like karen Berger is like the most important person in comics uh mm-hmm. I'm like uh each day i like dress in all black and like put a rose on vertigo <laughs> comics grave <laughs> you know what i mean um yeah. <laughs> i i just like that period of comics i think is just so interesting and like uh the well is so deep and i think like um you know i i, I gravitate towards things now um that feel like that or kind of have that that vibe to it um of just kind of like weird kind of like like just operating on this like different level you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh yeah I, I i can't agree with you more um <laughs> ultimate spider-man Ooh, some, yeah some amazing stuff and and, and yeah uh vertigo had some some really really good stuff too uh I guess, you know, really kind of the last thing that I want to talk about here before we wrap up, like I, you know, time's flying. I've already taken like 35 minutes of your time, so we won't go too much longer here, but, um, uh, you know, with the book in particular, with, with, uh, with basic instinct here, um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Of course, you know, in our review, we, we recap the entire first issue. So if you've already listened to that, uh, and you haven't read the book, then, you know, what the hell are you doing? Go out and read the book. But, uh, but you already know what, what happened in that first issue. Um, I really couldn't wait, uh, and, and look, just, just to show, I mean, no, you know, I got the books, but, <laughs> um, I really couldn't wait for issue number two to drop. Like I was really interested. You talk about, uh, you know, in comics you, you do, you have to, you have to draw, you have to hook the, the reader in on that final page. Um, you have to make people interested for the second issue. And that's something that's really important. That's, uh, it's not overlooked, but it's not like thought about very much, you know, uh, the, the amount of of effort that goes into, you know, those final couple of panels, the last page, whatever, uh, you know, to set up what's going to happen next. And then, you know, and then on top of that, you have to decide from there, you know, are you picking up issue number two? Is it going to like go right into that? Are we going to skirt around for a little bit and then come back to it? Like uh, there's a lot of, of thought put in to what happens at, at the end of the first issue for sure. Um, in this second issue here, it's, it definitely expands out the world a little bit more mm-hmm. and it definitely uh, involves uh, Catherine Trammell a lot more. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Trammell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it definitely involves her a lot more. Um, you know, she's really introduced here and then you're, you're seeing kind of what's going on with her and everything. And it sets up a lot of, I can't imagine how the hell you're going to tell the rest of the story in only two issues. So they've got to be like jam packed. I don't think you're going to have any time to breathe there, but <laughs> I hope you did. <laughs> Um, but I mean, you know, in all honesty, and this isn't just because, you know, I'm face to face, uh, talking with you right now or anything, you know, I, I said my honest review on the podcast, like, I, I do think this is really well written. I think that you have a, a gift of, of, you know, being able to write very well and articulate what you're trying to say, like on the page there. Uh, one of the most important things to me, aside from that cliffhanger is how the, writer you know is scripting that book and then communicates that to the artist comic books are very visual 
obviously you can jam pack a whole shitload of dialogue and exposition yeah. and all that. I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. I don't want to read. I mean, maybe this sounds lazy of me, but like, you know, I'm not looking to read a novel when I read a comic book. I'm looking right. for uh, some substance and uh, really good dialogue and overall like very, very appealing art. So uh, whenever the writer can really throw the keys to the artist and say like, Hey, here's what I'm going for. Like, you know, here's what I need from you and then let them drive. Like that's, that's really how it works. Uh, it, perfectly for me. So that's why I suggested this book. That's why I really think that it's a very well-written book and a good book is I can tell your process with Vanessa there. Like you, you really let her shine throughout this book. Um, it's, it's, it, it, and to me, that's the most important thing you could do. So, uh, that's, that's definitely why it's a win for me. Um, <clears throat> the, you know, kind of like final thing I want to talk about here is this, this, uh, second issue cliffhanger yeah i'm not going to go into spoilers for it i will we only do first issues so i'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it yet but like definitely i promise you guys you want to go out there and pick it up because if, if one didn't hook you like two definitely will but uh i i feel like i see where we're going but i also feel like you know there's some curves in there um there's definitely uh some curves that i'm not expecting um Again, like I, I don't want you to tell me how you're going to wrap this up in two issues, but when you originally pinned this, mm -hmm. did you know that you were getting four issues? Yeah, so it was okay. when I kind of sent those initial emails to Sumerian about it. Um, right off the bat, they were like, Vanessa Del Rey, four issues. So I knew, <laughs> wow. I knew it was going to be... I knew it was going to be four issues. And I think like you were saying too, is that when I was initially started doing it, I was like, it's going to be, you know, over the course of like three days, you know, or two mm -hmm. days, it's just going to be the straight, you know, through line. And it's going to be from the POV of this main person entirely. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I threw a lot of stuff at the wall, I think. And I hope, <laughs> Like, I hope it's stuck. I mean, I think, uh, surprisingly, I mean, I, I think this is like a really personal book to me. And, and mm -hmm. I'm going to preface this by saying uh, I am in, uh, in therapy. So we're good there. But um, <laughs> so like when I was writing a lot of these, when I was writing these scripts, I was working at a um, pretty horrible job. Um, it was like a desk job and it was like full days without talking to people. So I was writing a lot and, um, just to give like, you know, me something to like latch on to during the day when I was bored. <clears throat> um, it's going to sound bad, but I mean, it is what it is. I would like <laughs> watch videos of like people getting like hit by trains and stuff. <laughs> um, people getting like in like, uh, like horrible accidents mm -hmm. and it got to a point where i was like i'm like so desensitized by this and like yep. so like uh it's just like this is like so bad so i mean i think a lot of the the book is kind of about like um the ripple effect of violence and you know um one person's femme fatale is another person's murderer um mm -hmm. and kind of what that means on a larger scale and then just also kind of 
So to kind of go back to, to Kayla and how her colors were used in the intention part, the last part of my pitch, I brought up that I feel like the first basic instinct movie is um, the consequence of the eighties. So it's, you know, um, Michael Douglas's character is like uh, his history is that he shot Taurus while he was on Coke. Um, and it's mm-hmm. this kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's just coming out of the eighties. Like there's still remnants of it there. So I think, I love that it feels like every panel is like a neon sign. Um, yeah. And like, or like a flickering neon, because there's so many dark spots. So it's like a flickering neon sign. And um, I think it, as much as I think that first movie is a, you know, apology or like the consequence of the 80s, um, this story to me is like an apology to viewing violence and like, you know, witnessing someone's tragedy. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I think just because seeing someone get like sucked up in like factory machinery is like the worst possible thing you can watch. (laughs) Like it's kind of like (laughs) an an apology for like, sorry, I watched all that. (laughs) Um, And I think, uh, you know, the stuff of the snake in the beginning is, is like, um, it doesn't really correlate for the rest of the story, but I would say that it is entirely what the story is about. And like, um, you know, it's, uh, a woman dancing with something that is dangerous. Mm -hmm. But she has like she instills this trust in, and then the snake operates on instinct and kills her, and then mm-hmm. um, or tries to kill her, and then Ezra, who was our POV in the story, is watching this happen for entertainment, and it's this kind of idea that it's like, this is, if that's the entertainment, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And it's again just this like one person's femme fatale is another person's murder, or it's there's always kind of this ripple effect of anything that a human does in the world and if it's a bad thing that ripple goes on much longer than you know if someone just steps on a a twig and snaps it you know and i uh, again like i i don't want to take too much of your time like i'll I'll definitely wrap up here but uh I, i think that that's one of the most intriguing things about it uh I had talked in the review about how, you know, parts of it were very Lynchian to me. Like you, you brought it up at the beginning of this, that, you know, you, you're kind of inspired uh, by, by David Lynch, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, somewhere in your conscious or whatever. But um, I think that that's the important thing. Whenever you break down something like that, whenever you look at like art that way, uh, sometimes, uh, of course, sometimes you're, you're trying to, you know, tell a fable or whatever. Sometimes it's, it's so, uh, People can get, you know, a message out of it or good or bad or, or whatever. Sometimes we're just like an observer and what's going on. Right. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, good and evil do exist in the world. That, those mm-hmm. are both like two very real things, you know, whether they're uh, cosmic or whether they're just human or whatever is, is beyond, you know, me talking about it. But, uh, you know, it, it is interesting to, to take a look at those things, you know, and observe them and, and really take them what they are we spend so much time uh, talking you know about it 
you know, as a society or humans or whatever, like this is inherently bad. This isn't inherently good or whatever. Like, uh, do we ever really take the step back to look at something, you know, bad or something good and like, and, and, and figure out why we think it is that way is society telling us whatever. I'm, I'm not trying to get like a punk rock philosophical on you, but like, <laughs> um, it, it's, you know, it, it's very interesting to, to look at things in, in that kind of way. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, I think this is an important book. Uh, and, and when I say that, I, I really do mean it. I think that this is a, this is a book that everybody should, should absolutely check out. And that is not because I have you, you know, on the show right now, that's not because we reviewed the book. Uh, you know, we reviewed the book by happenstance and, you know, uh, luckily you were gracious enough to, to come on and talk to me. So those are the two elements of that. But I think that this book is like absolutely worth a conversation. You know, it's definitely worth, uh, reading and and talking about um you know whenever we get into the world of indie comics and stuff like that it's very easy to get drowned out by you know some of the the really big titles that are out there the um the the, i I don't know the the massive universe that uh image has going on right now and spawn and stuff like that and uh you know there's very very interesting stories to be told in some of these like smaller publishers uh sumerian also you were talking about you know they're trying to get more into the license stuff uh, they just had american psycho come out i guess like a what like two a month or two before this book came out yeah first yeah i, I think it came out in like september yeah uh so all uh, again like a very interesting book very interesting source material um i i definitely wouldn't say it's better source material than this but uh but you know very interesting to say the least you know with something to say so uh I, I think this is a you know a definite win for Sumerian, obviously a win for you and a win for us to to be able to read this stuff. But I would like to see you know what else Sumerian and and I guess in association with Massive is is putting out right now. You know as far as licensed stuff, I, I really appreciate licensed stuff. It's another look at, at a property or or like a very deep uh, dive into that world. Um, and and I think those kind of stories are really compelling and interesting. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll shut the hell up. Um, I do want to say before we close out that issue number three drops uh, January 31st. So that should be in your local comic book shops January 31st. The most important thing that you guys can do out there as like fans or, you know, just uh, comic book community peoples is, you know, make sure you hit up your local comic book shop and let them know before FOC goes off that you want this in your pool. Um you know, hopefully, uh, I'm not sure if it's sold out at the distributors level, but, uh, you know, if you don't have issue number one, you know, try to see if your uh, local shop can order you a copy of issue number one, issue number two, all of that, make sure you get issue number three, and then issue four is supposed to drop February 28th. So let your local comic book shop know to add that to your pool. Uh, you know, that's that's the the very best thing you can do as a as a fan of comic books is, is to do that. And uh Sam, like anything else you have to say, like any projects you want to push, uh, anything else you want to say about this, and and I'll show up. Um, buy the book, if not for the story, for Vanessa and Kayla's art, because it's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so extremely lucky, lucky to have like anything I've I've written be like represented by their art. Um, also coming out through Sumerian, Sam Romsberg and Ben Roberts. Um, one of us is a killer. It's a Dillinger escape plan book. Very, very oh, sick. Wow. <laughs> very um, cool. And uh, yeah, I work at Diamond. So if oh, cool. you uh, don't order it, I'll, I'll know. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Sam will know if it yeah. is not sold out. So. Yeah, I look at the sales every day. So it's, you know, mm -hmm. you better, better get, get those orders in, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, very cool. Well, yeah, um, I, I can't thank you enough, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's really cool talking to you. Really awesome to hear about your experiences in comics and, and the experience with this comic book. And uh, yeah, thanks so much again, man. And uh, hopefully we'll keep in touch. Dude, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the kind words. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. back to episode number 53 of the all new all different number one comics podcast and thank you for listening to that very intriguing interview with sam freeman of basic instinct uh bob we are here to tell them about some new books that are dropping next week in local comic book shops but as you guys know before we do that it's disclaimer time it's disclaimer time with bob like i like i always ask <laughs> and for you guys Please, somebody set that to music and send it to us. We yeah. would greatly appreciate it. Heavily auto-tuned with like a uh, <laughs> with like a '90s breakbeat behind it. You know, is what I'm asking for. So I say beatboxing. <laughs> That'd be nice too. <laughs> so yeah, as I always uh, state, this is just a few of the key issues that are hopefully coming out next week. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Bob. Yes. Fingers crossed. And if you, if you want a more in-depth list of what's coming out, please consult us elsewhere. You call your local comic shop, send them a letter, write them an email, you know, uh, smoke signals. Snail mail works, Harry yeah. Potter owls, you know, whatever you got. Hit up your local comic book shop. Um, you can also call them, uh, ask them to read those synopsises to you and everything. Uh, like we always say, if you're in Jacksonville, Florida, like Bob and I, hit up Gotham City Limit. Ben would absolutely love to tell you more about all these books. Uh, give them a call. Tell them that Bob and Dan from the all-new, all-different number one comics podcast sent you. Don't rope me into that. <laughs> Please, kids. Rope Bob into that. <laughs> So, starting off the uh, list is a big one from Image Comics. We have Cobra Commander number one. Yeah, Bob, how excited are we about this? This is the uh, premiere issue. It's, I, I'm not sure how many issues this is going to be. I'm guessing like a four-part or something, kind of like Duke is supposed yeah, to Yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, if this, is, if this is written anything like Duke, mm -hmm. then it's, I mean, G.I. Joe is in safe hands oh, yeah. over, <laughs> yeah, it's a really good over at Image. And it is written by Joshua Williamson. So, yeah, we've got ah, that to look forward to. Thank ah, God. Very, so it will be very well written. Yes. Uh, next from DC, we have Batman Offworld number three. Yeah, Batman's taking more trips off-world. We have this very interesting cover that proves that. Um, this one has the possible first appearance of Thanagarian. Yes. A, Poss or a, a, a bounty hunter. The Thanagarian. Okay, yes, the. Um, I, I didn't want to backtrack and have to say the word again, though. So, <laughs> you know. um, sticking with DC, we have, and I know we have a lot of fans of this character, me being one of them, we have John Constantine Hellblazer, Dead in America, number one. Yeah, this looks cool, and it's written by Cy Spurrier, so, I, I mean, that's a buy-in for me. I'll definitely be checking this out. This is... Uh, the first issue in an eight-issue limited series. Mm -hmm. uh, sticking with DC, we have Superman number 10. 
Yes, and this is the possible first appearance of the man from yesterday, an Old West version of Clark Kent. Yes. And it says possible, but I mean, I say, you know, judging by the cover there, that's probably what we're going to do. No, there, there's the, uh, after, after the end of last issue, there's no possible about it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get an Old West version of Clark Kent. Uh, going to Marvel, we have Daredevil number five. Yeah, uh, Daredevil has been really fun lately. I'll, I'll definitely give it that. Uh, this one's featuring an all-new villain for Daredevil to face down. Um, so so that sounds fun. But yeah, this uh, Saladin Ahmed has been uh, writing the shit out of Daredevil. So yeah. Can you guess who's the cover? Or is it just by looking at that picture? <laughs> I don't know, Bob. I'm <laughs> going to go with Ramita Jr., but you know. Yes. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah, sticking with Marvel, we have Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, number three. Yeah, and can I say how stoked I am to read issue number two today? Uh, later today, I'll be checking out issue number two. Can't wait to read that one. Uh, this one, definitely, uh, this one's got the first appearance of Werewolf by 2099. So instead of Werewolf by Night, we've got Werewolf by 2099 there. Really mm -hmm. excited about that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, going sticking with Marvel, we have a what'd you say, one shot? Yes, this is a one shot, and this is the first. Uh, sorry, Bob, you didn't announce the name yet. My bad. I uh, one shot jackpot number one. Yeah, this one uh, is like you said, it's a one shot. It's the first solo title featuring Mary Jane as jackpot. Which that's kind of weird making it a one shot, but it's the first solo title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just doesn't make sense. Um, sticking with Marvel, we have Cable number one. And th I think this is a, okay, it's a five issue. Uh, Tie-in to the fall of the House of X and the rise of the powers of ten. This is the first uh, team appearance of the Necrosy. Necrosy? Neocracy. Neocracy. There we go. <laughs> yes. Uh, and finally, uh, from Marvel, we have Avengers Twilight number one. With the first appearance of a new Iron Man, not in armor, so uh, just man, I guess. Um, and Isn't that Tony Stark? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so this one is a six-issue futuristic tale where Steve Rogers leads the Defenders against the Avengers who are corrupt and use their might to run the world. So it's, ba it's basically going to be, it almost sounds like Marvel's version of Kingdom Come. Oh yeah, it kind of does, huh? It really does, because, you know, that was the old established heroes against the new up-and-comers mm -hmm. who were, you know, basically in it, you know, for the establishment and yep. for, like, money and fame and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this should be interesting. I I'm definitely excited to read it. Yeah. I was almost hoping that it was a uh, Avengers and Twilight crossover and we would get... <laughs> These sparkling vampires introduced Ooh, into the... Ooh, Blade Against Sparkly Vampires. Now, that's a franchise Marvel should pick up. Yeah. I'm not even lying. I think that it would be wonderful in comic book form, uh, written by some amazing uh, writers over there at Marvel and, and illustrated by uh, some really good people. But yeah, I'd love to see an Avengers Werewolf, by, Werewolf by Night versus 
Team Jacob. Oh, man. Uh, Team Jacob for the win. Oh, man, <laughs> I can say. But, yeah, Marvel, if you're listening, get on that. Look, I me know. and Bob will write it for you. It's I win. know. Seriously. We won't even take pay. You know, it's fine. Just We'll do it for free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that being said, we've got three books on the wheel here. Uh, of course, our wheelofnames.com. Not sponsored by yet. Come on, guys. Get on it. We know you're listening. Uh, we've got three books on the wheel here. And uh, we're going to spin that wheel to determine which book we'll cover next week. Uh, and just to give you guys a sneak peek behind the curtain, we've got Cobra Commander number one, Avengers Twilight, Avengers versus Twilight, and James Bond 007 issue number one, all on the wheel. Uh, that James Bond 007 written by Garth Ennis, so you know uh, yeah, that's going to be it, damn it's, interesting. It's going to be violent. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Uh, so we will spin the wheel here. Oops, and I just accidentally created a fourth space, so oh. let's get rid of that. And we will spin the wheel, Bob. Technical difficulties, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not stalling at all. Don't worry. <laughs> Bob, looks like we're going back to the Intergon universe, and we will be talking about Cobra Commander, nice. issue number one, next Very nice. week. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that, Bob. I, wow, that's... that's Again, if it's, if it's anything like Duke, we have a winner. Yeah, we sure do. Uh Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the all-new, all-different Number One Comics podcast. Thanks for hanging with us for an almost two-hour-long episode. And uh, appreciate you guys checking out that interview we did there with uh, Sam Freeman of Basic Instinct. Uh, but you guys know where to find us on the web. Make sure you check us out on social media. We're on Instagram at ANAD underscore number one comics podcast. We are on X at ANAD and Comic Pod. And we are on TikTok at ANAD number one comics pod you can also check us out on youtube under the comic book channel this and every single week me and bob love to give away a copy of the book that we just covered although i don't know if you're gonna actually <laughs> want a copy of this one uh maybe just look at the uh, background art for inspiration i don't know but um uh, it does have nice thick pages that are highly glossy i'll give it that so uh, it's, it's a, a well cool constructive co it, it's a cool cover yeah it's got uh, a number of cool covers on it but uh yeah if you want a copy of this book to check it out for yourself Use that hashtag all new all different nation on the social media post of your choice to be entered in our giveaway. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Yeah.